This is the Jazz Violin Podcast, episode 49. Today, I'm chatting with Shona Aitken. going on everybody today i am chatting with another uk based violinist shona aitken but first i'm going to talk to you about my patreon if you want to support the podcast you can do so via patreon do you know what patreon is maybe not if you don't i'm going to tell you it is a place that you the listener can support me the content creator so if you love the podcast, if it's a big part of your life, you think about it all the time, you're excited every time it's about to come out, then Patreon is for you. It's a great place for you to show your love and support for this excellent podcast, if I do say so myself. It's also a place you can get involved in my Jazz Violin Practice Club. Jazz Violin Practice Club is a place that we meet up every week. We do so on Zoom, by the way. And we practice jazz violin together. It is sort of a way of keeping yourself in check, making sure you do at least a little bit of practice, giving you some ideas for what you can practice, and having a space that you can practice with other people while still being in the comfort of your own home. I've been told by a lot of people that it's really helped their practice, which obviously in turn has really helped their jazz violin playing. So get involved. You can do so via Patreon, which is on www patreon.com forward slash Matt Holborn. My guest today is Shona Aitken. Shona is another UK-based jazz violinist based in Scotland. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am sort of from Scotland. Uh, You might be able to tell from my accent. Um, But yeah, I am sort of from Scotland. I grew up in Edinburgh and I'm half Scottish. My mother is Scottish. So, it's you know, I've known Shona for ages. Uh, I think I first met Shona. She came to one of my gigs in Dundee Jazz Club with a question mark. I think so. It was on a ship. Um, and then we've seen each other loads of times in different uh, Django Reinhardt festivals throughout the UK and obviously Samoa Fest. You know, we've, wow, God, we go way back. Um, so it, it was really nice to chat to Shona about her journey into jazz violin and, uh, you know, what makes her tick, what she's up to at the moment. She's got an amazing project on the go. Uh, so we're chatting a lot about that. And yeah, great to chat to her. I hope you enjoy it. By the way, I don't know if you've uh, noticed, I've sort of changed things up a little bit with the Joe's Violin podcast. We are starting to um, add some extra little episodes in there. I've started to interview some of my old guests and ask them some very specific questions. Uh, the first one I did was with Alexandre Tripodi, which was the last episode uh, just before this one. And yeah, so we're sort of ramping it up a little bit, doing some more episodes uh, because, you know, I don't know why. Just to change things up because I want to change things up. I don't know why I want to change things up. I just do. So that's. I think it's good to change things up. Keep things fresh. Keep things alive. Keep things going. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. Give it up for Shona Aitken. How's it going? Not bad. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Nice to see you. You too. Virtually. Yes, I know. My goodness. Nice one. So what's happening? 
Well, I just finished recording my album. Way! Nice. <laughs> it's getting mastered today. Um, all new compositions. And yeah, so that's very exciting. I've never done that before. Wow. Excellent. <laughs> hey, so what? Mastered already because you've just finished. I saw you pretty much recording it like a couple of maybe really recently. Yeah, we just started on, on Monday and boom, smash, did it. <laughs> just really great players, you know. And and we'd played, we'd played it a lot as well. We gigged it quite recently too and rehearsed yeah. it, so it was pretty much ready to go. Nice. Um, and the mix, so, so the mixing mixes are all done. And yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, we're working with a really great engineer actually. I don't know if you've worked there, Castle Sound. Nope. In Caitlin. No. Where is it? Uh, Pin Caitlin, so just south of Edinburgh. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of it. East, yeah. Well, he's he's amazing. You don't even need to tell him anything, you know, about the sound of the instruments. It's just there already. Yeah. So it's half the battle, you know. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've heard and little... your album sounds great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah we really cool. The, uh, the duo album we just we just did was, uh, yeah, we're... We enjoyed doing it. We sort of just turned up and played for that one, which is quite nice. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice to hear just two instruments as well, you know, because you've got to be quite inventive, I suppose, with the way you're soloing. Um, yeah. Just to fill the space a bit more, I think. Yeah. Well, Kurosh, the guitarist, really, like, he's very good at being a sort of duo partner. He's really good, actually. Yeah. Really love playing with him. But, um, yeah, hey, I'm uh, I'm excited to hear your album. That's what I, I'd really I'd love to hear it when it's oh, well, when it's all I'll, ready. I'll send um, you one. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I think we could start the the podcast with just a bit of chat about you and how you first started doing what you do now. If that's all mm, right. Yeah, of but course. For that, telling me the story. <laughs> okay, goodness. So the story of becoming a jazz violinist. Um, well. I improvised from a very early age. Um, so, you know, a lot of uh, classical musicians um, kind of are a bit frightened of that, you know? Um, but thankfully I, I just always would pick up the violin and just make up tunes, you know, as, as a kid. Um, I learned classical style, but my dad's a, a tr traditional Scottish accordionist. So I also learned a bit of, you know, Chad in the, uh, along at the same time um, but I just always was really interested in just creating melodies and you know I've, I've ended up being an arranger and a composer as well um, so yeah so the improvising part was never really a, a hurdle for me um, but yeah getting into jazz harmony of course that that was but um, I think the album that really kicked it off was John Jorgensen's album with Stefan Dudash um, so I listened to Stefan's playing and I was like, wait a minute, he's got a kind of classical sounding style. Um, I can play, I can play that. I mean, maybe I can't improvise it yet, you know, at, to that level, but I can certainly make that kind of sound. So um, my friend and I, we used to just learn all the, all the tunes off it and, and jam it at um, our folk session. So every time everyone went out for a fag break <laughs> um, during the traditional Scottish music session, we would jam some Django tunes and, and some, things that uh, John Jorgensen had, had put on his album. So it really kick-started kind of from then. So that was maybe, I don't know, 10, 12, 12, 13 years ago, maybe. Um, yeah. And then I went along to uh, uh, the Hot Club of Glasgow, which was a, a jam session in the south side of Glasgow. 
um, because we'd started getting into this music, you know, and we're like, let's see if there's a, a session. We're actually just looking for a folk session, something new to try. And we came across this um, Django kind of session and um, Alan Gow was running it. Um, and he had a, a book of all the, the heads, you know, uh, and some great CDs to just go and listen to and um, check out the style. So there was like an amazing resource that he had already. Uh, and I was the first violinist actually that had turned up at the session and I remember everyone saying oh there's a violin there's a violin there's a violin because <laughs> it was just a bunch of guys playing you know guitar um you know uh so that was quite quite nice to actually have that space um to just kind of experiment and really get get into the style and and from then a couple of um guys that are in my band now they they came along and heard me play and asked if I wanted to be in a band <laughs> I'd never met them before, but you know, I was so, I was so passionate about the music, and I so I just said, yeah, let's try it and see see how how we get on, and and that uh, is my band Rose Room. We've ended up winning uh, best band at the Scottish Jazz Awards twice. <laughs> so yeah, it's been quite a quite a cool journey. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's interesting that you found found it through John Jorgerson. Is it is that Sarah's name, John Jorgerson? Yeah. How, how come you how come you had that album? Well. My friend who I was jamming with, he was a guitarist, he went to see him play. He was playing in Scotland. Uh, he um, did a lot of British tours, actually, yeah. Yeah, and I actually went to see him play a few times as well. Uh, Jason Anik was playing with him at, at the time, um, after Stefan Dudash. But, um, uh, and, like you know, look how, how great Jason is now. He's doing, doing great things. <laughs> um, but that was kind of... A, of the sort of early days of his his jazz career, I suppose. Well, and he um, came. He was in the UK, was he? Yeah, yeah. They were in Scotland, just know. playing small venues. Yeah, it was it was really you know great to be up close and personal. And these venues are maybe fifty seater, you know, gigs. It was small, intimate places. So, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, nice. Okay, so yeah, it's just a very. I, I think I do think that um, nowadays a lot of people have these strange. In not that I'm saying it's that strange, but these interesting inroads into into old music. Yeah. Sometimes, and I'm speaking to a lot of like Django style guitarists, so you know, let's look at specifically that 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 area. You can speak to like guitarists. A lot of them get into Django via I don't know Borelli, or they get into it via Stockolo because they heard Stockolo because because it's it's a little bit more. Well, because it's newer and it's even just the production value is a little bit more what we're used to. Sometimes we like sort of need to hear that to like get us into. So people go backwards like that nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's. And uh, have you found that's happened with uh, like anything else? Does that now that you've now that you got into like Django and all that, are you are you in? Has that got you into other forms of music, other forms of jazz at all? Um, I suppose, yeah, definitely. Um, I ended up uh, being asked to uh, present on the BBC Radio Scotland, the jazz show, the Jazz Nights. Um, and so that has been a, a massive jazz education for me. I've kind of put myself on a on a boot camp, you know, <laughs> and just tried to uh, just immerse myself in as, as much jazz as I absolutely can. Yeah. Um, so definitely, you know, I, I've taken myself through all this sort of different periods of jazz and um I still get drawn back to the 30s you know and it's just I just love the the character and um yeah, I love yeah. all the yeah 
you know, the old dance band stuff and obviously Django and everyone that was doing that kind of swing stuff back then. Sorry, can I just stop you for a second? I've got a cat that is just annoyed that the door is closed. Ah! So I just, need to, uh, just I've just got to take these headphones out and go and let the cat <laughs> Of course. The cat takes things very, very seriously. <laughs> all good, you know? Coming in, not even coming in. Just doesn't like, <laughs> just doesn't like closed doors. But there you go. So yeah, you've you've all sorry. So, apologies. Um, you've always been um, you've always been drawn back to the thirties. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I think I love this, this sort of simplicity sometimes of, um, the way people would treat the melody. Um. I mean, I, I love both sides, of course. I love when people really stretch it out and do their own thing, but but that is what I'm immediately drawn to. I think probably because from having a classical background, I like the sort of perfection of that. Mm. <laughs> I know so. what you mean. Yeah, totally. It it does, and and I think like the the aesthetics, even just like the um, oh, come on, you know, it's fine. You're just chilling. <laughs> that cat, man. It's a very very needy cat um <laughs> yeah the the sort of the sound that violinists and god get off the sound that the violinists get in you know the grappelli got and and people like giovanuti and grappelli got it's very yeah it's like it's something that as classical musicians we can like get behind quite quite quickly can't we yeah definitely i mean the the vibrato that they use and yeah and the sort of virtuosity definitely yeah. i've got i've got to so I'll, I'll show you the cat just so you can have a laugh but oh yeah he's just bothering he's just sort of messing around and i'm worried he's going to jump on my violin which is oh like, no so, okay, yeah it. my best my best pal's cat cupcake absolutely hates when i play the violin she tries to get up to yeah. me and swipe me yeah. <laughs> they can't stand That's the sound funny. i don't think I don't think Mango cares. I think the Mango actually is fine with the sound of the violin. It's just that I don't trust him around it because I think he could just sort of decide it's, he might like stand on it or he'll be fine anyway. Violins are actually sturdier, sturdier than we than we think. Yeah, my, yeah. my my luthier is always he always says you know violinists are so squeamish about their instruments because like I think luthiers care a lot less about if things get broke. You know they're like ah if it gets broken you just, I'll fix it for you. Don't worry. You know how easy it is to fix them or whatever. Yeah, I know. I remember dro I dropped mine out of my case. I hadn't closed my case properly. It was my first gig after lockdown. Yeah. And I'd been travelling from a, a one venue to another and took it out of the car and it dropped on the... Tumbled and watched it in slow motion. <laughs> That's an and, absolute nightmare. Oh, my God. And there was, like, little bits of gravel stuck in the sort of... The, the ridges around the side, but I was absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, it well, didn't, didn't break it? No, no, it was fine. Amazing. <laughs> so lucky. Yeah. Yeah, it's if it like falls on its bridge, that's when it's sort of rubbered, isn't it? Oh, like that's yeah. when you're in trouble. Oofed. Yeah. Because then it goes through, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, that does sorry. make me squeamish. I know, I know. I'll stop talking about it. I'll stop talking about it. Um, sorry, the cat, that cat really has, has put a spider in the works there. We were talking about, we, what were we talking about? We were talking about, we're talking about Gopelli, classical sound. Yeah. How it sort of speaks to it speaks to every violinist, that doesn't it? 
And yeah, and I think that yeah, and when I hear you play, that you can definitely hear that that you know that's that's your thing, and it sounds great, you know, like big tone. Um, Thank you. You know, nice sound, a nice swing, nice yeah, and like like old school, old school swing. Um, and I think that I think it's uh, I think it's great. I'm really like on this uh, this podcast. I've spoken to like loads of different people. You know, this is mm -hmm. this might be. It's probably going to be. I think it's episode fifty, maybe a bit, bit less than that. But that I mean, many. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. It's like it's actually crazy that there is enough that many violinists. I didn't think there was going to be, but there. Happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I made a I made a playlist last year of almost a favorite players, and I was like, whoa, I'm really struggling, mm. <laughs> you know, to find, um, to find people that are you know doing it currently. It is. It, it can feel like that, but then when you really start start searching, you suddenly realize that there's there's lots of people. But then you know, I think. But my point is that I've, I speak to people with lots of different. Like some people are really, you know, they just wouldn't really against playing old school, and some people yeah. are like the opposite. They're like really against the um, the modern stuff, whatever that means, you know. And I find that not not against. There's not many people who are fully against, but you know, one way or the other. But um, as a as a broadcaster as well, someone who you know who who obviously has to delve into all of it you know you must have uh, you you you've obviously got an open mind i can hear when you play that you've you, you know that i know that you do have you um you do have that sort of more old school sensibility but you you also i think you borrow from from lots of different things there you know yeah i definitely try to i think i've been influenced a lot by bebop you know i'm not quite yeah. sure if it is coming out in my playing but... i think it does i think it does i've heard you since it, oh. definitely since when i last heard you it did yeah cool well that's good <laughs> <laughs> um but i think it's just important to listen to so many different styles you know because it all informs your playing whether you want it to or not yeah. or whether you make it you know if you want yeah totally um and it, you just kind of absorb it don't you and and take what bits you you like um yeah. try things out as you get more confidence you know as a as an improvising musician because it's a lot of that's about confidence as well isn't it just having the yeah just not being afraid to try stuff out <laughs> mm. i mean confidence makes like a it makes a massive difference when yeah when you're improvising it makes a if you if you do it with confidence it's just it'll it'll always sound better always yeah. And and if you've got confidence, I've always thought this about um, about like how how great players are like made a little bit just in all music. I feel like, the, and and the reason why one of the reasons why people who have a natural ability for music go so far, and I know that it seems obvious because it's like, well, if you've got natural ability, then you know you'll learn quicker. But I don't think it's always that. It's sometimes that. You've been given that. You've got that confidence because you know, you know, you're you're surrounded by people who might not have the same ability when you're younger, and then you go, "Hey, well, I'm good at this." And when you tell yourself that you're good at this, you just play better. And as we get older, you might you get into more situations where there's like more people who are good at this or whatever, better at this than we are. You stop having that sometimes, or it's easy to go, "Oh, Jesus," you know, lose the confidence. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I just. 
yeah, I think that it's a big it's a big thing that having that, that confidence. Sorry, just you saying that made me think that. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I think that feeds into, you know, if you go to a jam session, a new jam session, you know, with new players, um, it definitely helps for that kind of situation, you know, because I used to be pretty shy. I mean, I'm quite shy, you know. I consider myself a bit of an introvert, obviously not on stage, but. <laughs> But, you know, I have to really work myself up to sometimes step into a new jam situation with brand new people. I remember going to Django Amsterdam a few years ago and I didn't really know anyone, but yeah. it's like, I really want to play and I think I'm, I think I can do this. You know, I think I'm good enough to stand up next to some of these players. Um, and so I just forced myself, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a scary thing, but I was like, I know I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it is. I I hate. I actually hate jam sessions. Like, as in, I like. I think there's there's something really nice about the the Django world, the world of that that sort of music. Because the jam, I feel like it's a lot. It can be a lot easier to step in and out of it as a violinist, you know. And just in general, because it's a, such you know the acoustic thing, you can sort of just even just the practicalities of being able to just turn up play and, and stop you know not having yeah. to plug in and all that but i find yeah. i find jam sessions like living in london you know you're sort of as a jazz musician you're sort of supposed to go to jam sessions to like network and meet new people and i just don't do it i just don't like it I, <laughs> I, for some reason i just i've never really liked it well i know the reason it's because it is it's like it can be quite daunting and it can be a bit like you know you you turn up to these things and you're you know, I'm I'm pretty confident. I'm not like an unconfident person, but as soon as I'm at a jam session, I'm, I feel like I'm like 17. I don't know any tunes. It's like just <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. funny, isn't it? When someone asks you to call a tune, you're like, um, I, I don't know, know any, yeah. <laughs> even yeah. though you've probably got 500, you know, in the in your repertoire. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's funny. Just don't really don't really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Hey, would would you be able to um? Give me a little overview as to how how you learnt when you were first. So you you know you've got into this stuff, you're learning the tunes, but what was it that you did? You know, what give us a couple of examples of the things that you did to practice playing jazz and to practice playing over chord changes. Yeah, well, I used backing tracks. Um, when I went to the Hot Club of Glasgow, Alan gave me a CD, you know of just a bunch of tunes to go and listen to uh, but also a bunch of backing tracks and so I just grabbed the grabbed the Django fake book yeah. <laughs> um learned the learned the head and then just just played you know just experimented um, and tried to get more more fluent you know because you know when you're starting it's kind of stoppy starty kind of improv you know yeah. when you're just trying to get into navigating your way around the, the changes um so yeah, I did a lot of that. Uh, thankfully, I had my band. Um, we'd started at the same time, so I was getting a, a lot of, sort of real practice in as well as um, just working away at, uh, on ideas at, at home on my own. So yeah, that was that was great. And obviously, the jam session I was still going to too. So just getting out and and playing with loads of different people, I think, is a a good way as well because you can learn so much from from different players granted there wasn't any other violinists <laughs> but um there was a clarinet player but um i learned a lot from guitarists as well you know just about about the style and in fact that was one of my my uh things that i did uh, obviously i love stefan but i 
purposefully kind of stayed away from listening to his recordings because I didn't want to end up sounding like a clone, you know? Yeah. Um, although, you know, that would be amazing to sound like Sarah Angrabelli, but I still wanted to have developed my own voice. Yeah. Um, so I did stay away from that for a, for a long time, but I mean, it's well, 12 years now I've been, been playing jazz. So yeah, I'm back. I'm back in with Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a quite a, a, like a rhetoric I hear often and it rings with me as well. Mm. Cause I think as violinists, we don't want to sound, it, it can feel because there's only one or sort of two in the, in from like the, you know, the golden age of jazz history, uh, violinists, we sort of end up being like, well, we don't want to sound exactly like them because then we'll just, you know, it feels a little bit, I think more so than like, if you go to like the, the jazz sax world, for example, yeah, people will go through, like most sax players will, you know, pick one of the absolute greats and for at least a couple of years will really want to sound exactly like that sax player. Yeah. I think as violinists, we have this, I don't know what it is, but a lot of violinists have, at the start go, I don't want to do that. And then maybe later mm-hmm. they go, oh, no, actually, I, do, I maybe I do. Or, you know, go back <laughs> like in that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so interesting. But when you listen to Joe Venuti, I mean, Stefan was getting a lot from him, you know. <laughs> he was influenced by him. So, yeah, it's it's so interesting, isn't it? But thankfully, we've got a lot more of, more people to to listen to florin nicolescu is one of my all-time favorite players actually yeah um but when i was listening to him back in when i was you know uh, practicing and getting into it all it just seemed absolutely untouchable what he was doing you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like the rosenbergs you know it's like whoa how are yeah. you doing that that fast and that co- coherently yeah. he's like he's like a he's a sort of classical virtuoso as well though really like that's something that you don't hear very often i mean most most jazz violinists who are you know top of their game have some form of classical logic and you know often very very good you know yourself (laughs) included but like florin nicolescu's like he's like he's like a soloist like a classical he i feel like he could you know i don't know he's like paganini sort of like a whole gig you could just watch him play classical violin and be like yeah fair enough that's what you do but then he also plays jazz it's crazy and he swings like the blazes it's incredible yeah, yeah he's like yeah. ninja ninja violin level yeah have you met him before <laughs> no i've not no i've still never been able to see him play live you know you just all you have to do is just go to paris and he'll be playing there somewhere within oh, if you stay there for a week he'll probably be playing at uh Tavern de Cluny or whatever. Oh the, wow. The, he will be. I, I, I saw him there. I wasn't expecting it. I was just like sort of I'm just watching this cat again. Um yeah, I was just going to hang out and maybe see a couple of gigs. Me and Lizzie went, my wife. And then uh yeah, you know, my friend said, Oh yeah, we're you know, we're down at Tavern de Cluny and I think uh Florin's coming because he always goes and plays with um right, so I need to get this cat out of here, sorry. That's <laughs> right. Sorry, sorry. Cat's absolutely reeled the roost. <laughs> Man, so annoying. But I mean, you know, I love him. Uh, but yeah, really annoying. He's just in there, just going meow and like scratching things. 
I just had to just chuck him outside. Thankfully, we don't have a cat flap, so we can't get back in. All right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shame. Good mangle. I know. Right. I was saying, yeah, like I think Florian plays, yeah, Ju- Julian Bernard and Julian Bernard's dad, who I can't remember his first name. And then obviously William Bernard, they're all sort of friends with Nick Florin, and he always oh. comes down to their jam, basically. Amazing. So yeah, if you want to meet him, just go. Just go. Oh, just right, I'm going now. I know. <laughs> right, bye. <laughs> when I saw him play, he was like, yeah, it was a real, like, it was like so exciting because I just haven't really seen, you know, I just sort of see him as this like mythical character, this like amazing musician who just, yeah. you know, with this sound, you know. And you get in and he just, He's playing acoustic and just filling the room. Everybody else has like got a little bit of amplification, but he's just playing acoustic. Wow. And he actually broke I think he broke Julian's bow. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. It was yeah, and they just left. Um but he was amazing, really nice, smiley. I didn't speak to him, but really, really yeah, great to great to be close to him. So yeah. Maybe oh. I think that I think that is still a thing. I think he's still is turns up and plays with those guys often. Great. Yeah. What ledge. I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so when you were getting into playing, a lot of the things was backing tracks and 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 and, um, and, and just playing with other people. Yeah, but yeah. Were you, you someone who, like, studied theory a lot or someone who, well, wasn't interested in that? Yeah, I'm a, a massive theory nerd. Um, nice. I'm the kind of person that really enjoyed four-part harmony, and I used to do all my friends' uh, homework for them at music college. Nice. <laughs> they were like, "Shona, can you do that?" I'm like, "Yeah, brilliant!" <laughs> really enjoy, really enjoy it. Total, total geek. Um, and I think that's why, yeah, why I love arranging uh, so much. I really enjoy getting into the the harmony of, of it all, um, and balancing everything out and making it, you know, sound sound great um so yeah I'm totally totally into that and I love the in jazz harmony I just love the colors you know that it that it creates in the music and sometimes when I'm maybe when I'm teaching or or just playing around myself you know I really try and set myself a, a task to to highlight these like like major seventh or something or highlight the uh all these sort of colourful notes in the in the jazz chords, which mm. is yeah, I find is really helpful. It helps you you know create that jazz sound instead of just going normal sort of diatonic harmony. You know. Yes. So that's interesting. Your um, it sounds like your your love of sort of uh, of arranging and like you said the four part harmony thing mm-hmm. sort of fed into your 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 jazz playing. So it probably yeah. helped you in a way when you were getting into getting into improvising. Did were you coming? Yeah. So you didn't come at it with like a, I don't really know much. I mean, I know of course you would know some, but I think even some classical violinists find it difficult to go from classical to jazz because they've got to use that theory. Yeah. But you've already used that. You'd already know how to use that theory. Is that right? Yeah, that's well, that's true in <laughs> in theory sure, uh, yeah. and on paper, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, that was that was one of the sort of daunting aspects of taking that first step into jazz. Actually, is uh, wondering if I would be able to do that, if I'd be able to follow the chords, you know, and and solo over the chords, you know, watching them as they go past, you know, yeah. on the sheet of music. So 
um, thankfully I just I just took that step and said right okay I'm just going to give it a go and and see how I get on and I was like oh yeah I can do that because I because I do understand it I think yeah. which is good but I suppose it's it's a you've got to practice that and transfer that knowledge a bit of a hurdle but yeah but so worth so so worth doing <laughs> yeah just unlocking that uh that sort of level of uh, improvisation you know not just mucking around with a major major scale <laughs> or yeah. minor scale <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and uh you know i did that whole thing is like like having it is sort of like being a composer though isn't it in a way you are sort yeah. of it's just in real time yeah um, absolutely be interesting to know how you know if there was a lot of you know what so when you are thinking about theory nowadays or when you are thinking about the chords do you do you think in in the sort of more jazz terms or do you still think in you, do you still think like you were when you were doing your four part harmony in college <laughs> do you still have that classical harmony brain yeah i suppose i do yeah i don't think you can really escape from that <laughs> that's I'd, be, your I'd be interested to know what that even actually is because i don't yeah. really know anything about classical theory too much i never did that much of it you know? right yeah well i suppose it's just it's easy easy chords you know c c7 c minor seven maybe not even um, <laughs> with a seventh you know just kind of i think of it as just kind of block uh block chords um so that's your absolute foundation and then your yeah. your colorful notes are the you know the minor sevens or the flat nines or whatever um, yeah i mean that sounds like just how i think <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i suppose um and the more you play you know these jazz chords the more you you just accept the sound of them and you know where to go um mm. on the violin to to put in those you know fruity notes <laughs> yeah um it's just a case of just just playing 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 and listening you know and ab yeah. absorbing as you go yeah i think hey do you like uh are you someone who likes uh like transcribing solos and learning them um i don't really do an awful lot of that and i probably should <laughs> nah. <laughs> i think i think the only one i've really done is a uh, django uh, not even Django's uh Stefan solo and minor swing yeah <laughs> you know it's like everyone's done that one yeah but <laughs> um yeah I, d I don't know I suppose maybe because I understand the harmony of it yeah, yeah. Um, already I don't feel that uh that yeah. I want to do that but you know it's not it's not a case that I I couldn't I wouldn't learn from that I certainly would you know yeah well no but there's loads of people who don't like I know loads of loads of loads of musicians like I was talking to Giacomo you know clarinetist yeah yeah he says he's never transcribed a whole solo in his life you know <laughs> I'm not sure if I believe him but then you know I he, it's just everyone everyone has different ways of learning and also I think if you've got really good ear which I imagine you do you often like you said you're like well I sort of know what's going on there and I'll remember that and I'll try and work I'll just try and apply that myself later yeah. later on you know or blah 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 yeah so, if, you, if you haven't got that sort of I've got quite a slow brain actually I, I'm not I, I have to like <laughs> it takes me a lot to learn anything <laughs> and it takes me a lot to like yeah to work things out probably not as much anymore but in general I always did I've never been 
it's always been a bit of a struggle. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and, but transcribing always helped me, basically. Uh, right. It always did. Um, and, and, but then again, I, I find it really difficult to, uh, to do a whole, to get all the way through a solo because I lose interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, you know, that's always a challenge as well. How, how, how to shape a solo, you know, and mm. how, to, how to build it and, and not do the same thing every time, you know, not, not stick to a formula. That's another thing I think I'm always trying to challenge myself with. Yeah. To come up with new ideas. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's that striving for that is is enough, I always think. You know, yeah. as in if you if you're always trying to come up with new ideas, even if you're if you don't come up with ideas in that moment, it's the it's the it's the striving for it that that's enough, I think. That makes you yeah. come up with it later or whatever, you know. <laughs> um yeah. Hey, so your new music, you said it's the first time you've uh, you've ever you've you've sort of put together like a whole album of your own own stuff. Be interesting to know the process behind that. Oh yeah. Well, I was commissioned by the Edinburgh Jazz and Blues Festival last year, twenty twenty one, um to write a, an hour's worth of music. Um they commissioned a few different artists. Uh, and I mean, I had composed before, I've always been writing, I've always been arranging, but it's always been other people's projects, you know, yeah. so it was, it was great to, to, well, for them to believe in me to start with, you know, to, to come up with some original material, but also quite a process to go through that yourself. Um, there was a lot of self-doubt, <laughs> there was a lot of, who have I ripped off here? Um, <laughs> um, there's a lot of, yeah, this is, is this rubbish? Is this is this crap? People gonna like this? Is my are my musicians that are playing it gonna like it? You know, um, there was there was a lot of that going on, which is quite quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did speak to a few a few fellow composers, you know, and they were like, "Well, what have you what have you done in the past that's been absolutely rubbish?" <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Well," and they're like, "Base it on, you know." Are you proud of the stuff you've done in the past? I'm like, well, yeah, I suppose I am. He says, well, there, there's your there's your bar. You've set the bar already, you know. <laughs> yeah. So so that was quite a really interesting to get inside my head for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it took me a month. Basically, I, I set aside a month to um to write a, an hour's worth of music. It ended up with about fifty five minutes, I suppose. Um, with a bit of chat <laughs> for the <laughs> for the concert. <laughs> I always beef it out with some chat but um but yeah it was really really interesting and to to think about all my influences I mean it's not I wouldn't say it's one pinned down to one genre I mean jazz I suppose is the overall arching genre but there's lots of elements of classical music and and a bit of folk in there as well and you know I, I've done a lot of ranging for uh, for sort of cinematic uh, stuff like TV and film, um, so I, I guess I quite like that sound world as well. So, so yeah, it's a whole big mishmash, I suppose, of of my influences, and uh, yeah, so it's been really, really great, and I'm I'm really proud of it actually. Now that we've recorded it, um, and sometimes it's hard to to separate yourself. You know, you think you're sometimes you're really in the music, and you really don't know if it's good or good or bad or whatever but um now that I've recorded it and it, it sounds great I've got fantastic players um and so I've, I've taken a step back now I'm like yeah this is great I can get behind this yeah. <laughs> I'm chuffed <laughs> excellent um, and it was kind of a 
a cathartic process, I suppose, as well, because uh, a lot of it was based on, um, well, I had a big accident during lockdown. I decided to go horse riding and it didn't go very well. <laughs> so I, I broke many, many bones, including my pelvis and ankle and some vertebrae, and it was lying in hospital for quite a while. Um, and so I had to, you know, recover from that. And, and a lot of my journey was just round about springtime last year. Um, just getting out and walking and trying to trying to get my steps up, trying to get my fitness back up and my mobi- mobility back. Um, and that was right during the cherry blossom season um, here in Scotland. So, so that's what it's ended up being about. It's called chasing Sakura, Sakura being the, the Japanese word for cherry blossom. So I'm just kind of thinking about the lifespan of a cherry blossom and and how, how short-lived it is, you know, uh, obviously until the next year. Um, but equating that to to life, you know, just get out there and grab it and go and live it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Mm. <laughs> so that's the the overarching concept, I suppose. Nice. And how do you how do you write how do you write these this music then? How do you start it? Yeah. Um, well, I pick up my violin and just muck about, just improvise, um, and see if I can come up with some melodies. And that was my main my main thing actually I mean I had some sort of textures that I wanted to incorporate into the music but as but before that I really wanted a, a strong melody um and for that to be able to stand up in any um any formation whether it's you know violin and piano or a or a big band or a you know a small band or um or the ensemble that I've written it for which is a string quintet and and sax and flute she doubles and flute that's Helena Kay um oh, yeah. She's fab musician. She's based in London. I'm sure you've come across her. Yeah, um, she's a gorgeous player. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I wanted it just just really stand up um, and be be strong melodically, um, because well, I think that's a good a good backbone for a for a piece of music. You know, that's that's key. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to enjoy playing it, and I want my wanted my musicians to enjoy playing it too. Yeah. Well, excellent. I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Um, it's interesting Thanks, that you Matt. you go uh, straight in with violin. I've, I'm the opposite. I I find it really difficult to compose with the with the violin. I never ah. do it. Always, yeah. Right. But, oh, um, that's yeah. But everyone, yeah. Again, everyone's different. That's I true. think often I I basically have to like if I play the violin, I'll stand up doing these things that I always I, I find it yeah I don't know I I, I it just it never works I, pro, I it would be cool to try it properly at some point but yeah yeah um I find I enjoy composing more when I sing over chords right yeah not yeah. that I have a very good voice but you know when I <laughs> when I I'll just sing I'll try and sing melodies and, and find you know and, and find them in that way mm-hmm. which means that sometimes what the things I write aren't very violinistic Mm. and they don't they're not very nice to play or it or a bit it feels it doesn't work exactly so sometimes i'm like you know what this actually just doesn't work with the violin yeah I'd write something else but it's uh yeah it's it's it, it's interesting and uh but yeah so when you when you 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 just you you don't like get any chords behind you 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 start with melody is that right yeah i think that's what i did i mean i had i did sit at the piano for quite a bit you know to work sure, out yeah. what kind of yeah what harmony I wanted but um but predominantly yeah I just 
uh, yeah, approached it from the violin perspective. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So what's uh, what's what's coming up for you at the moment? Well, just the release of the album that's coming up pretty soon. I'm going to release a couple of singles in, in March and the run up to that, well, March and April. Um, and then the album will be out in April. So that's pretty cool. cool. Um, I'm working on uh, some arrangements for Ra- uh, Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue for the Ad- Aberdeen Jazz Festival for a, a string octet with Brian Kellogg on piano. Nice. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool as well. Uh, I'm also yeah working on some more string arrangements for another another band called Elephant Sessions at the moment. Uh, so yeah, I've got a lot lots of projects <laughs> happening at the moment. <laughs> Um, nice. It's great. It's great to be busy, you know, after the terrible time we've all had. Yeah. Uh, and time to reflect, and you know, and uh, worry about where the next paycheck's coming from. So it's it's really great to to be back in, into full swing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Excellent. you're finding finding the same. Yeah, yeah. You're sort of yeah, randomly very very busy at, at points and. Yeah, doing loads of different things at once. But yeah, it's good. Um, I I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Variety is the spice of life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I think we can wrap it up. If there's anything if there's nothing else, if you've got anything else that's coming up that you want to plug. Um other than no. the album. I think the album's that's... a good plug. Yeah, it's a good plug, yeah. We've got some gigs with my band, Rose Room. Nice. Yeah, we're playing Aberdeen Jazz Festival as well. Um, the same day, actually, is that other concert, so that's going to be full on. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we've got a few a few gigs dotted about, such as uh, Air Jazz Club and Loch Winnoch Arts Festival, and and we're playing Linlithgow Jazz uh, Club as well. So yeah, nice. lots lots of nice things coming up. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, nice. Well, it's been nice to chat to you. Yeah, you too, Matt. It's great to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks very much for listening to that guys it was an absolute pleasure to chat to Shona Um, I am really excited about listening to her album I'm hopefully going to try and catch them when they play live as well that's the great thing about being based in the same country as my guests once in a while it doesn't happen very often Um, but there you go Uh, what I've got to say don't think I've got much to say other than you know the Patreon thing uh, if you missed that bit at the beginning it sounded a little bit like this hey everybody you should join my Patreon it's a great way for you to support me the podcast person and also get involved in my Jazz Violin Practice Club you've heard about that maybe you probably have if you've listened to one or more of these um, episodes before you've heard all this before but I feel like I need to say it anyway Jazz Violin Practice Club is a place that you can support no, no it's not the Jazz Violin Practice Club It's a place that we meet up every week to practice jazz violin together. We do it on Zoom. It's great fun. It's been really helpful to a lot of people. Anyway, finish the hard sell. Um, I've been really busy. I've been... uh, Well, I don't know why I can't think. I have been working on my album. I think it's an album. I think it's either a short album or a long EP. But I've been working on my album with my new band, Learn to Draw. And uh, yeah, so I've been hard at work in the studio and then um, writing and then also playing some gigs with the guys we played in london last week and uh and also yeah and mixing the album so we're uh yeah i'm really excited the music sounds great um 
for any of you Patreon people, I'll probably be uh, sending you sending a couple of uh, little teasers your way, uh, just exclusively for you, in case you in case you want to hear it. Um, but uh, what else was I going to say? Not much. Uh, stop drinking, which is quite good. What else was I going to say? I don't know. Um, if you do, by the way, if you do get involved on Patreon, you get a free extra episode every month of actually just me talking about what I'm up to and different things I think about music and some other things. I always try and change things up. I've got lots of different formats for those solo episodes. Um, but yeah, okay. Hopefully see you again very soon. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and yeah, see you later. Bye.